Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this day for giving us food that never fails and fellowship that never ends. Lord, we thank you for sending your Son as the bread of life that those who believe in him may have eternal life with you forever in heaven. Lord, this morning as we gather, break your word small, fit for our consumption. In your name we pray this. Amen. This past week, my family and I had the opportunity to head back to St. Louis where I had grown up and it was a time where I could get back to some of the things that I had done as a kid and could now do with my own kids. And there are are hallmarks all throughout the city. Things that mark St. Louis as a unique city on the map and one of those things is the Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Lutherans. Unless you're from the North Country and then it's Miller. But in St. Louis, there were always commercials and billboards and things on the radio where it talked about Budweiser, the beer that never fills you up and never lets you down. Talk to any alcoholic and they might tell you different. Very seriously. We tend to strive after the things that our bodies seek for in this life, the things that they require for this day, and we look for our daily bread in the wrong places at the wrong times with the wrong kind of results. And yet today in our gospel text, Jesus confronts this idea of what the people are seeking and he tells them, you seek me because of what you felt in your bellies. You seek me because of the way I fulfill the needs of your flesh. And on the surface, we see something very shallow happening here. We see people that are really only seeking to use Jesus for a means to their own end. And yet there's something deeper at play. You see, the people respond first out of their felt Needs. They felt hungry and they knew that Jesus had just fed them. So, what do hungry people do? They seek out food. Not because it's sinful, not because it's wrong, it's because that is the way that God has made us so that we have these needs to sustain this body and life. But the reality is, a hungry man will never hear the gospel over the groaning of his own belly. 
You see, the temptation for us as Christians is sometimes we launch right in with the testimony, launch right in with the gospel, and we completely disregard for what their felt needs are in this specific space and time and circumstance. We look right past their hurt and we try and tell them what we think they need. And unless we're Jesus, which, by the way, we are not, we cannot assume that we know someone else's needs without first asking. A friend of mine was a church planter in San Diego, right in the heart of downtown, and as he would seek to partner with programs in Ministries that were already at work there. They would set up soup kitchens on the corner and they would try and feed homeless folks and little by little it kind of tapered off and these ministries would kind of fade off and fall away into the distance. And he said, what happened? And they said the people just stopped showing up. And so as he's walking along the street and he sees this man sitting there with a sign asking for money and he says, Sir, I know that you are worth more than the dollar in my pocket. What do you really need? And he said, I'd really love a new pair of socks. You see, they were going about it in the wrong way with the best of intentions. They were trying to give them bread without stopping to give them the daily bread. The goods that we deliver have to be the best that we have to offer and no less. At the end of our gospel text, the people say, Lord, give us this bread always. Don't just give me a fish. Teach me how to fish so I have more food than just for a day, but food for a lifetime instead. You see, we step past the felt needs and we actually say, I love you enough as an individual to stop sharing your struggle and actually wrestle through whatever you're wrestling with too. I love you that much. Don't underestimate the way that God works through the ordinary. There's nothing fancy about the simplicity of bread. One of my best jobs in college was working for Panera Bread, which is a huge chain that actually is part of another chain in St. Louis called St. Louis Bread Company. And I didn't put on the freshman 15, I put on the freshman 40. There is something about the simplicity of bread where God works in and through, in, with, and under, in real, present, and mysterious ways. God seeks to restore the body and not merely band-aid a gaping wound. 
but the baker makes the difference. They say, we've done this, we've heard this, we know the spiel. And guess what? Our fathers were fed with manna in the wilderness that Moses had given them. See, they confused the delivery guy for the baker. Just because someone offers us bread doesn't mean that they're the one that it comes from. So we are called to be shrewd in the source and to not allow ourselves to settle. The people had had bread before. But you see, something was different this time because Jesus didn't demand payment before he fed them. He didn't fill them up and then hand them the bill and say, guess what, pay me on the way out. But instead he comes by grace to pour these gifts out freely and for our sake. So they come back for more, assuming he will do it again. Don't confuse the delivery guy for the baker. I shared earlier that I had had the privilege of getting to know Dave Anderson a little bit a few years ago. We had come out of a place in ministry where we were hurting and broken, and Dave was persistent about calling us down to spend a week with them at Shepherd's Canyon. And the timing didn't work. But over the course of years, I have had the privilege of watching my colleagues both be served and serve with this ministry of Shepherd's Canyon Retreat. And I have seen the way that they provide not just food for a day, not just the bread for the belly, but instead to pour out that bread of life so that they help sustain. See, as pastors, as teachers, as folks, as leaders in ministry, in whatever capacity that we are called to serve in, we experience this thing called compassion fatigue where we get worn out, worn down, and broken to the bone. You know that point where you're just so sick that you can't even stomach the thought of eating? And someone wants to hand you bread. And maybe it starts off with a crumb or a cracker and then you build up to a whole loaf. And then years down the road, maybe that loaf comes in the form of a glass as you share that story and you talk about the experience of the way that God works to restore The good news is about filling the whole body and not just the belly. As we seek to be faithful in ministry here in this time and space, our job is to walk with broken people through really hard stuff and to not stop on the other side so that at the end of the day when we stand before the throne of God and we marvel at everything that has happened, the only explanation that we have to offer 
is that God always gets the glory, now and forevermore. Amen.